It's the Healthy Woman Show on WJR with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I'm here tonight with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. Dr. Carol, we have a great show coming up. So excited to celebrate our 20th anniversary with Michigan Center, learn a little bit about how to decorate, and the gift of giving. What a great new organization is doing great things for our community. Stay tuned. We'll get started right after these messages. WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk from the Center. And first of all, Dr. Carol, happy anniversary. Thank you. How many years? 20. Can you believe it? No. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, really? Where did those 20 years go? Where has the time gone? Awesome. So talk to our listeners a little bit about the history of the center. How did you get started? Well, let me tell you, I trained at Wayne State uh, and did my residency fellowship at then Hutzel Hospital. I stayed there and helped with the residency. I was an assistant residency director and on faculty for the REI division there. I was having my fourth baby and uh, loved the people. Uh, Anytime you're in a system, sometimes it can be challenging to do the kind of things you want to do. Sure. But kind of kept that to myself. And on a Thursday night, seeing patients in Southfield, which was one of our, uh, was our location at the time, I had five employees come in my office and close the door. And I'm like, okay, what's, Uh (laughs) what did I do? What's going on? What's the drama? And they actually said, you know what? We've been thinking about this. We've been talking about this. We love how you take care of patients. If you quit, we'll follow you to do something else. Wow. That's what I said. I'm like, oh, come on, you guys. Are you kidding me? And they're like, no, we're serious. So uh, there were two nurses. There were two billers and a front desk person who said, we just like how you take care of patients. And I went home. I threw up. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) You know, what do I do? And I talked to my husband. And, you know, like I said, I thought about it. And I thought, you know, there's so many things I want to do differently and not have patients treated like a number which a lot of systems, quote unquote systems do. So I went to my boss and I, you know, first of all, I couldn't get a hold of the chairman and he wouldn't take my call. So I had to leave a message, whatever. But uh, then I go to my chair, my director who also had four kids. And I, I said, you know, Dr. Diamond, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be leaving. And he says, yeah, I know, you know, we have that many kids and I know if you want to quit or, or, you know, slow down, I'm good. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start my own practice. And he, like, fell off his chair. And so I drove around, found 12 in Shainer. Um, I quit. They did. And they put their money where their mouth was. And we started Michigan Center in my nurse Lisa Perry's living room with an extra phone line. That's amazing. Yep. And then I went to start in 12 and Shainer and I go to Rose. 12 and Shainer is Warren. 12 and Shainer is Warren, the very first one. Center. And I went to Rose, who was our front desk biller. And I'm like, Rose, do you think think I did a good thing? She's like rolling her eyeballs. Are you kidding me? Quick five years later, we outgrew it, went to 13 and Mound. 
And then we had a presence in uh, interest in the Lake Orion area, started that satellite. And then our wonderful Dr. Britton, the gentle giant in Bloomfield, unfortunately, um, you know, we he passed away of a heart attack uh, about now five, six years ago. And, you know, he was such a wonderful man. We didn't want to let that satellite die. So we, you know, incorporated that. And then my wonderful associate, Dr. Boudreaux, uh had the same kind of wanting a different change when she was at a private, in, you know, site. And and so Plymouth came along. So I know it's just, it's amazing. It's so we're very blessed. And now you've got more plans. Talk a little bit about these upcoming next year, early next year, mm-hmm. satellite offices. Mm-hmm. How's that going to work? Well, you know, we're starting out these pop-ups. So really, really excited because we've had, again, uh, an interest in these areas to do a couple more uh, satellites. So these pop-ups are going to be starting in March and uh, one in Grand Rapids and one in Lansing. And we're going to, you know, let people know we're out there. And and we'll start out with just having a consultative service first. Um, we, already, we already have the buildings in the sites and we'll see how it goes and I've got my whole team I'm going to start being out there first uh, once a month and then we'll have my whole team kind of you know build it at that point and and uh, it's exciting to be able to you know spread the message that we want to take care of families make their dreams come true but do it without them feeling like a number you must see a need in other parts of the state to start something like this. We see a lot of needs. So um, even the Plymouth, I mean, we have people who are like, hey, can you do something a little closer to Monroe? And we've got the west side of the state. And we've got, you know, even up by, you know, Van Dyke. So, you know, I have to decide, you know, little by little how to expand. But, you know, we're 20 years old, but we're 20 years young. And I can't sure. wait. I, you know, people say, are you every, every transfer I do is still exciting. And, and they ask me, how many babies? have you had in 20 years I can't even count because it's just every every day is a great day every day is a wonderful day and I'm not ready to 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 leave or retire anytime soon so one thing that is really important to you is just talking about fertility mm-hmm. and infertility and having people be aware of the fact that it's a pretty big problem for a lot of young men and women trying to conceive a baby mm-hmm. you know the thing to remember is that it is a medical condition. 15% of the population experience fertility. Don't be nervous, ups, uh, ex- embarrassed, feel bad about it. One out of eight couples experience it. And so the more we give the knowledge about the importance of fertility windows when a woman and a man have the optimal time to get pregnant, I think it's very important that people have that ownership to know what to do with their fertility. More and more couples are get are older when they're trying to get pregnant now because they're waiting to find the right person. They're educated, saving enough money. So our message not only is making your dreams come true, but awareness. That's why we updated our website this year. I'm so excited we're launching it in January. We've got your radio show, and thank you so much for allowing me to be on WJR because you feel the message important importance as yes, I do, do. Yeah, um, and yes, also do. you know it, it's just you care and and I love that about you guys and then Dr. C and the D you know the podcast it's it's growing I have more and more subscribers and and I think with all of these social media avenues we're really getting and hope to get to more couples to say it's okay come and see us. We've got a lot of options to help you. Well, you say you often have women in their 40s Mm -hmm. who come to you and say, 
you know, hey, doc, I'm ready to have a baby. And you, you get a little concerned about that. What are some options for those couples? Well, Anna, you know, I really want to have a segment about this in January because you're right. These women are just rocking it. I mean, they're gorgeous and they're successful and 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 they've accomplished everything. And in their minds, they're like, OK, I've, I've done all this. Now I'm ready to have my baby. And they're 44, 46, 48. And and you know what? The fertility window doesn't work that way. So, you know, there are times that we try, but there's a, a egg donor, embryo donor, adoption that can be done. So, you know, my job is to educate them about these choices. And as long as they're interested in, in thinking outside of that box, and they can get that family. They really can. So, But they have to kind of think outside of that box when you get to that age group. And one of the ways to do that, too, is to think of it ahead of time, right? You've taught us about this, Mm -hmm. that you could actually maybe in your early 30s or Mm -hmm. mid-30s think about, hmm, down the road, would I like a child and Mm -hmm. what could I do? So talk a little bit about that. Well, freezing eggs. So, uh, Or if there's a partner, freezing embryos. So again, here's the deal. More and more women are coming with that request as well. So I feel like the message is being heard. And I'm excited about that part of the practice that's developing and expanding. I can't tell you how many 20-somethings, 30-somethings are like, hey, you know what? Don't know if I want a kid, but I'm going to freeze my eggs. Or couples who are like, hey, we're new in our careers. We don't want kids right now, but we hear about this fertility window thing. And, you know, I think we should freeze some embryos. So we've got some as a backup, you know, down the road. One of the things that I noticed, and I've been to several different offices that you have, is the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health offices, is the way they're set out and the way you try to care for the patients. I almost feel like I'm going to a spa, not necessarily to a doctor's office. So talk a little bit about your philosophy. It's different than other infertility centers. Well, you know what? I hate lab coats. I always I always got in trouble because it's like, dude, I'm not wearing this white thing. Put First one of all, on. I do on. not look good in white and it ain't happening. So I just I hate going to doctors. So you know that was one of the wait, things. Wait, wait, you're yeah. a doctor. I know, I know. It's like, <laughs> oh do I have to go really? So you know that was a big philosophy is you know that whole sterile environment. No one wears lab coats. Everyone wears what they want. We have a spa field because you know what? I want people to walk into these offices and go like <sighs> okay. I'm and you here. do. Well, thank you. And in my I'm proud of my staff. I got to tell you, yeah, me, whatever, but I am so proud of my team and and every office is a family. You walk in, you feel it right away. Uh, people care and and everyone on my team wants to make you feel comfortable in the wellness center. Traditional medicine can get you so far, complementary medicine gets you so far. You put it together, oh my gosh, you en- you enhance the the medical treatment with massage, acupuncture, stress management, nutrition. We're all about nutrition. We're all about starting with a healthy base. And fertility conference I went to in July, they were all about antioxidants. Mm-hmm. You know, the life cycle of a sperm is, you know, every 72 days, there's a new mix of sperm. 120 days for the egg, there's a new milieu or mix of eggs. Well, why not meet that patient in the beginning? I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's get your hormones checked. Let's get all this done. But 
You can do a plant-based diet. You can do a sugar challenge, less than 24 grams of sugar. You can get physical activity, get some antioxidants on board. Let's start this whole getting your body up to date and optimal early. And I think that affects our success rates too. Um, you know, we're very competitive with our success rates. And that's one of the things that we've learned by doing this show that I've learned is that fertility, infertility is directly related to stress, mm-hmm. diet, exercise, how you take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. and you could make a big difference Mm -hmm. just with that without even needing any kind of medical intervention, correct? Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, how many times have we... You know, tweaked a thyroid, or somebody oh, has lost right. lost some weight, and uh, you know, I had one lady who's like, "Hey, all I did was your sugar challenge. I looked at how many sugar grams I took. I did under 24 grams, and I lost 40 pounds, and she got pregnant on her own." So, I mean, I'm good with that. That that's all right by me. Absolutely, such a great, great story. Well, we're going to change our topic of conversation coming up next on WJR's Healthy Woman Show because we've got to get ready for the holidays. Oh gosh, yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah. We've, we've got to get busy. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So we will be back right after these messages. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. We now welcome Wendy Wiegan, president of Ray Wiegan's Nursery, to the show. Wendy, thanks for joining us tonight. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's kind of start out. Let's go inside, first of all. Mm -hmm. We need a little help with regard to indoor decorating. Let's say that we just have a clean palette, Wendy. Give us a little bit of advice on how to make the house look absolutely beautiful around the holidays. Well, the first thing that you're going to want to do is start with your front door. Oh, That is the entrance into your home that welcomes everybody to come visit you for the holidays. So I always say paint your picture starting with the very first thing that somebody's going to see. And that is going to be your front entryway when they walk up to your home. So whether it's your front door, whether it's your side door, your back door, that is the area that you want to make the most welcoming initially. Hmm. So it could be something as, some garlands around the door frame. It could be a wreath on the door. It could be a cute little outdoor metal sign or some little light up Christmas trees or a fresh evergreen porch pot. Anything that says, hi, we're here to celebrate the holidays with you is what you really want to have on your front porch. Very cool. Or as they enter. That's great advice. Once they enter... Then that is your own little Christmas paradise. (laughs) Some people want to stick with traditional colors. They have the ornaments that their kids made in grade school, Uh, ornaments passed down through family members. Those are all things that they want to incorporate or you can incorporate. In my family, we have a tree just for those. And then I have my decorator tree. My decorator tree matches the theme of my home, um, the colors, the, the design is very classic Christmas. So it is your typical whites and reds and bright greens and holly berries and snowmen and Santas. Some people prefer a more classic look of 
red and white or silver and gold. Um, so it really depends on what your vision of Christmas is and what you grew up with. Interesting. So, Anne, do you have any special ornaments? Like Wendy had talked about the family ornaments and things like that. Do you do that at your house? I do. I actually have three different trees. Oh. So I have a tree that is the music tree, mm. and that's in the music room. Okay. And that's all in blues and silvers. Okay. And then I have kind of the giant family tree with all of the ornaments from when the kids were young. Mm-hmm. And that's all in kind of like reds and golds, and that's in the family room. And then the third tree is in a back room, kind of like an open porch room with a lot of windows, and that's the Irish tree. Oh, I love and it. And so that's all green and gold. <laughs> but one of my questions for Wendy is, every year I look at the trees, I get them all decorated, and then I think, you know, we no longer use tinsel, right? Yeah. Because that's kind of way gone by the wayside. But I always think about what are some of the things that you could use other than ornaments in the trees to make them even prettier. Does that make sense, Wendy? Yeah, like what's it the trend? It absolutely now? does. Lots of ribbons. Ribbon, okay. Okay, so you can work with a lot of ribbon in the tree, whether it's bows at the top, ribbons running through the tree little sprigs of ribbon attached to floral bouquets that are tucked into the tree amongst mm. your ornaments. So lots mm-hmm. of silk flowers, silk poinsettias, um, silk amaryllis. A lot of times we'll see magnolias in the south. The southern magnolia is very prevalent. So in the north, you will see sometimes some magnolia wreaths and ornaments and silk plants that resemble that if you want to change the look up of your tree you can stick some additional evergreen picks that have a different leaf texture a different color texture a longer needle so that it gives it a little bit of a wispier look Mm. in your in your tree Um, and some of it will fit better depending on if your tree is real or if it's a lifelike professionally lit tree professionally lit trees tend to have even spacing on branches your natural trees do not so decorating and the style of decorating will really depend on what type of tree it is that you're using yeah that would make sense yeah now speaking of trees Mm -hmm. carol Mm mm-hmm I do believe you have a question I for do. our expert here today, I Wendy Wigan. I, I do. So so we have the tradition of chopping on our, down our own Christmas trees. So way back to when I was engaged to my husband, the surprise trip went up to, you know, the, the, the Frank Muth area to chop down a tree. Uh, he likes Fraser firs. So we I'd kind of like advice about how to find the totally best tree because Last year, the place we usually go to closed down after COVID. We found a new place from a friend. We chopped down this tree, and within like three days, the needles are falling off. Oh, and geez. I'm I'm reading a book in the main room, and no one's near the tree, and I'm hearing. <laughs> 
And I'm like, really? <laughs> it was Charlie Brown's tree. But you should, I'll show you this picture later. Literally Charlie Brown's tree. There was like no little needles anywhere except like this one lonely branch, which we kept the tree. We, we put a little bulb on it. And then we went out and like, I don't know if we got a fake tree at that point. I don't even remember. But but it. how do we find I, – I, that was the one time in 20 years that happened or 30 years that happened. But how do you find a good tree? What do you do when you're when you're getting a fresh tree? What are some tips? Okay, well, first you want to pick out a tree that is going to fit in your home. People always show up at the tree yard, and we sell fresh-cut trees here at Wiegand's, but we do not do cut-your-own. There are a number of other businesses, local family businesses in the area, that do that and can assist as well in, the, in your selection. But to start with, you need to know the space that you're putting it in. So if you have a spot and you only have an eight-foot ceiling and you're looking at a 10-foot tree going, <laughs> boy, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, oh, you're going to be ceiling. reenacting a Chevy Chase scene. <laughs> Truly. True. Uh-huh. Or you're going to be cutting off part of the tree and paying for all those extra feet. And basically that's throwing money out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, look for a tree that's going to fit your space. Measure your space first. Know the height that you can go with. And then look at the width. Trees are wide. And in a tree field, they are going to look smaller next to each other because there's much larger ones next to that one. Bring a tape measure. Simple as that. Measure the tree. Make sure that it's going to fit so that you're not cutting branches off the back of a tree to try and shove it in between that couch and that table that you had to remove to fit it. And now it's mashed up against the front window. <laughs> Make sure you have the space. As far as tree varieties, <sighs> Fraser fir traditionally holds its uh, needles the longest. So you really can't go wrong with a Fraser fir in most cases. Mm-hmm. From there, it goes down to your balsams. Concolor firs are absolutely beautiful, but they have a different look, and their needles stand upright. Mm-hmm. You can also get into some of the scotch pine, which is an old-fashioned style Christmas tree. It's very long needles. Um, and then you have some other specialty trees, like Colorado spruce, if you want a really pretty blue tree, but those have a picky needle. Mm-hmm. So your furs are going to be the softest and also hold your needles the longest. Except Make sure year. you get a fresh cut on that tree. Yeah, I don't know. We must so, have had the dud of the year because it was a Fraser, but it's like, <laughs> come on. Because that's what we do. Fraser furs all the time, and it's like, not this year. What about the watering, the care and feeding of the tree? Do you have any advice for us with regard to that, Wendy? Well, like I said, you need a very fresh cut, fresh a nice, cut. even flat cut on your tree so that it can take up that water. Sap runs through the trees. You want to make sure that water can run back up and it can suck it up and absorb it adding a little bit of sugar to that water can help keep your tree fresher for longer oh that's good to know okay so just a little bit of sugar i'm not talking a cupful i'm talking a half a teaspoon mixed in with the water in your 
tree reservoir. Also make sure that you keep that reservoir full. You don't want to let the tree run out of water. And sometimes you mentioned all your needles fell off of your tree. Mm -hmm. If it was a dry season in fall and that tree wasn't able to suck up enough moisture while it was still actively growing, sometimes they don't have the retention ability to keep those needles nice and plump and fresh. Oh, that would make sense. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. So it could have been weather-related that caused that to happen. Okay, yeah, because we didn't do anything different. So before we let you go, just give a little bit of advice about outdoor decorating. I know that's a big thing for a lot of people, but that's a big job, too. Yep, outdoor decorating, determine what it is that you want to accomplish, whether it's your bushes, if it's just your house line. But before you do anything, make sure that you look up, know where your power lines are so you're not accidentally coming in contact with anything above your head. Um, Make sure that you're securing everything to whatever it is that you're attaching it to. So if it's the roof line, make sure that you've got your ladder on a nice, flat, stable surface. I always advise having a second person on hand if you're going to climb a ladder. Nobody should be climbing ladders unless there's somebody there to spot them. Absolutely. And order down 911 just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that all of your lights are secured, that you are making sure that you're not overloading your plugs. LED lights are fantastic because you can run 20 or 30 strings of lights together old-fashioned incandescent lights you can only do two or three sets together before you start blowing your fuses Mm, know know. what your electrical outlets are capable of handling so that every time you turn your microwave on you don't shut off (laughs) your front lights and have to go flip a circuit. Don't anyone cook dinner tonight. We want the house to look beautiful. If, if you're in an older home, sometimes <laughs> those things are the outsides are connected to the insides, and it's not always great. LED lights are the way to go for sure, though. Love it. And finally, Wendy, Ray Wiggins Nursery is a highly respected nursery in the Metro Detroit area. How can people get in touch with you if they've got questions like Carol and I have had or just to come visit and see what you have for the holidays, your locations, Mm -hmm. yeah? They can reach us by phone um, at 586-286-3655. They can reach us online at wigansnursery.com. They can look us up on our Facebook page at wigansnursery.com, or they can actually stop in and visit us. We're on Romeo Plank Road between 21 and 22 miles. Wendy Wigan, president of Ray Wigan's Nursery, thank you so much for the great advice today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and you guys have a great Christmas. You You too. too. We'll be back right after these messages. Listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, as you know, the holidays are a joyous time. But for many people, it can be a really tough time, people that are in need. And I want you to meet one of our 2022 Women Who Lead honorees, Danielle Todd. She's the founder of Make Food Not Waste. Danielle, welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So talk to us a little bit about the organization, Make Food Not Waste. What's it all about? Well, we're all about making sure that food gets to people and it doesn't end up in our landfills. And we do that by having a team of professional chefs that work inside the Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church over there on the east side. And they make a thousand meals every week, all from food that would otherwise have nowhere to go and be and be thrown away. Mm. Uh, they make meals that are delicious, nutritious, and uh, really meals that we would be proud to serve our own friends and family, and that's really important to us. Uh, and they do it week after week, which is incredible. Their creativity is amazing. They uh, every meal every week is different. They take a look at what comes in, what's donated to us every week, and figure out how they're going to make a thousand meals out of it. And Every year now for two weeks, they've pulled it off, and it's, it's just been incredible. That is awesome, Danielle, and congratulations on your award. It was, it's very well-deserved for all the great work that you do. Where does the food come from? Does, do, do restaurants? I mean, how, how does that process work? Where do you get the, the, the produce and, and what you need? Yeah, that's a great question. We specialize in using the food that really has... It has nowhere, nowhere to go for certain reasons. So you think about bananas that might be overripe. And we all know that at home that would be great to turn into banana bread, but it's really hard to just distribute banana, you know, in quantities, big quantities, uh, directly to the community. So we take in food like that. We take in food that maybe is, uh, maybe it's too much to hand out in certain neighborhoods. Uh, and... The food comes from, gosh, you name it. (laughs) It comes from grocery stores, farmers markets, restaurants. Uh, In the the growing season, of course, we get a lot from uh, people growing in their backyards. You know, we all know somebody who grows way too many zucchini (laughs) and they have nowhere to send it. So uh, so we just really want to be a home for that kind of food. And uh, you think about any anything that someone has in their hands that you think, gosh, you know, if there were only someone that could cook with this and do something with it, that's where we jump in. And that's, uh, so we're, we're a destination for exactly that kind of food. And God bless the chefs, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't know yes. what is going to be in the supply for that oh, week, incredible. right? So, yes. so, so how do yes. they, how do they do that? Do they like, okay, here's the bin. I've got potatoes. I got a little squash. I got a little, you know, leftover bananas. And how can I make it happen? Yes. And, and, <laughs> yes, and, I, I, it's a it's a miracle every week, and uh, and they do it without missing a beat. They their creativity and their uh, their talent is just extraordinary. They they come in at the beginning of the week, and they all just kind of you know cross their arms and look sideways at it, and they say, <laughs> well, how about this and how about this? Oh, and someone else has another idea, and and every day they do it. So uh, one of my favorite examples of what they have been really creative with is. Uh, the leftover pierogi dough uh, from, and I always pronounce the name incorrectly, but I think it's uh, Pietrick pierogies in Eastern Market. Mm-hmm. So they make these beautiful, amazing pierogies, but of course there's always going to be some dough scraps that's the leftover at the end, uh, and they freeze them for us. We pick them up every week, and they become uh, noodles in our dishes. They become, uh, you know, they can be in a stroganoff or or they can be dumplings. And it's just another example of how 
we can be a place for that kind of, you know, it's still food, but you certainly wouldn't hand someone just a bag of pierogi dough scraps. Right. Uh, but our chefs have the talent to be able to turn it into something. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. And how creative. Yeah. And now the chefs, are these volunteer chefs? Are they working in other restaurants or are they hired for the specific purpose? Yeah, they are not volunteers. They're all all paid chefs. Uh, They do work part time with us uh, because we, of course, you know, we're we're distributing once a week. So they're uh, they're with us Tuesdays through Thursdays doing the prep work and making the dishes. And so when they're not with us, there uh, a lot of them work in catering. Uh, they may work for other restaurants, but um, they, you know, they really appreciate working with us because they are chefs and most of them are moms. Uh, they're able to leave at the end of the day and pick their kids up from school. And so it's great for us to have that opportunity as well to offer a great position for chefs where you can still be a chef and be home during, you know, nights and weekends when chefs typically are working in restaurants. So that's another sort of side benefit of, of the work that we do. And you know what else that's cool about being a mom chef is that you know how to stretch a buck. And yeah. you're, you're, you're so used to, you know, yes. I, I got I got to go to the grocery store and I got to buy this and this will work for Monday's meal, Tuesday's meal, Wednesday's meal. So they've got that, you know, inherent mom vibe about how to, how to stretch yes. as much as possible. Absolutely. Now, Danielle, what do you need from the community? I know the holidays can be a really tough time of the year because people are busy but there's still a great need. So what can the community do for you? There is a great need. In fact, we're seeing even more so now with inflation and the cost of food. So uh, we're seeing an uptick and people come to us every week. And uh, we know that the meals that we make really matter to people. Uh, We have people that come that will pick up for themselves or they pick up for their neighbors. A lot of people will pick up for seniors in the, in their neighborhood. So the meals really do make a huge difference. Uh, we're in the middle of our winter campaign right now. So we are looking to raise $26,000 that will cover all of our meals from January through March. And that's uh, the thousand meals a week. We've so far raised uh, $14,000, so we're a little more than halfway there, which is great, but we've got, you know, a few weeks to go here at the end of the year. And uh, if you go to our website, you can click on the donate uh, link, and it'll take you, it explains where that money will go. So you could sponsor a family for a week or a month or the three months, and uh, each meal is about $10, which, you know, it's so funny. I love to say how a uh, family meal at you know a KFC or, or a mm-hmm. fast food place can be twenty dollars, and our meals are ten, and they are really really good for you. So uh, so you can you can feel good knowing that you're putting some great nutrition out there for folks and giving them something that they can really enjoy. So our website is makefoodnotwaste.org, and we would love to have anyone's support this time of year. Do you also need more businesses or grocery stores to be involved with the organization, Danielle Todd? We are always available for uh, for food items that, like I said, people just may have a hard time donating directly to other organizations or other food pantries. 
So if you are a business and you have something that even if you're if you're not sure if you want to reach out, we can we can talk about it. Uh, we can pick up anything from a small amount of items to larger items. Uh, really, it's you know if you're in a restaurant and you have a large commercial size container, you know, a can of tomatoes or whatever it is that that it would be difficult to donate directly to a food pantry, but a kitchen could use it, we can definitely take those items. And do we, do, do those businesses drop them off to you or is there, is there someone that comes and gets them? Either one. So uh, certainly it's, it's great for us. We're a very small staff if, uh, if they're able to drop it off. Uh, but if it's something where you need us to send someone to come get it, we can do that as well. And what about volunteers? Do you need more chefs or do you need more people to serve the food? We're always looking for volunteers. Uh, that's the uh, volunteer signups are also on our website. So we have a standing uh, volunteer time on Friday mornings where we pack all the meals and we uh, bring them out to the parking lot where people come pick them up at the church. And then we also have opportunities for people to uh, be in the kitchen with the chef, which is a lot of fun for folks, too, that want to get their hands dirty and, and be in there with all the chefs when they're working. And those are available on Thursdays. So, again, you can go to our website and, and see all those open dates and times. Danielle Todd, founder of Make Food Not Waste. It's wonderful work that you're doing, and we are always happy to hear how things are going for you and and just this incredible thing that you're doing for our community. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You've been listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. On behalf of Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, I'm Ann Thomas. We hope you have a great night and a very Merry Christmas. The Healthy Woman Show with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk has been presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas. And I'm Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. On tonight's edition of The Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. We're celebrating 20 years, we're learning how to decorate, and we're learning how to give in a whole new way. That's tonight at 7.